Welcome into the Bushy Baller Brand Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back into the Bushy Baller Brand Podcast. I am here once again with David Shane, and we got three great topics for you this week. We're going to be talking about Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers, Carson Wentz and the struggle of a season that he's had, and we're going to close it out talking about the NBA season and the deadlines and where things go and how the season could pan out. But I do want to start off talking about Jimmy Garoppolo because recently I've seen a lot of talks about how he's been playing and should the 49ers move on from Jimmy Garoppolo and kind of play the field, see what's out there. I want to throw some stats out there for the listener and for you, David. Um, so this season he's played six games. He's thrown for just over 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns, and five interceptions. He has been benched a couple times already this year, and we're only eight games into the season. He's played six because of that lingering injury. That injury has put him out for what I would assume is the rest of the season. I know that he's on the IR, but I'm pretty sure he's designated to return. However, I don't see a reason for him coming back. Um, People are calling for him to be cut at the end of the season. They're talking about the Niners should move on from him considering where they are. They do have to keep in mind that he was in the Super Bowl last year with the 49ers and had the lead against the Chiefs, but they did, as we all know, end up blowing that game. He did miss a couple of big throws, which had people after the game questioning his ability to finish the season strong. And before I get to your take on the situation, David, um, his three, so he played three playoff games last year. His stats through three, all three games combined was 427 yards, only two touchdowns and three interceptions. So it really begs the question, is Jimmy Garoppolo the guy for the 49ers? So, David, I want to get your thoughts on, you know, where the 49ers are with Jimmy Garoppolo and if they should let him finish out the contract or if it's time for them to move on. Well, the good thing about the contract is they front-loaded all the money to the first few seasons. So he's not really even guaranteed anything for next year. They can cut him and free up $24 million uh, that he's owed. Uh, $24 million is you know, a big number. And – I mean, that's obviously a strategic move. So obviously they weren't sold on giving him that big contract uh, back uh, when they did after that injury, when he went, he went like five and zero at the end of the year um, or five and zero in his starts and he looked good, but they they gave him this big contract and due to his, his production, what we've seen in his production, I really don't think he's worth that contract. Um, We've seen him play poorly this year um, in uh, against new England. He had two interceptions uh, no touchdowns, uh, and he's had some other bad games. Granted, some of them he left during uh, for injury uh, at Seattle and, and Miami. He left uh, because of injury. And I don't think necessarily his play this year is a huge factor in whether you let him go. I honestly think what I thought when they signed him, because uh, he, he has been struggling with injuries. I don't think he's playing his full, full potential, but I didn't like the contract when they signed him. And now you're seeing he took him to a Super Bowl, yes, but – they rely on their defense. They ran, they ran the ball. They're a run-first team against the Vikings in the playoffs last year. They just like they just went off. They ran, 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 and they didn't even need him to do anything for them. And then when they did face the Chiefs, a, a great team in the Super Bowl, he just it, he just wasn't enough uh, offensively. So I've always uh, thought that that his contract isn't um, isn't a good contract. And considering that you can cut him next year or trade him and gain 24 million back. I mean, they have Mullins. I don't think he's a, you know, he's the 
the long-term answer, but I don't think he's he's been in some games and he's played just as well as Jimmy G. So I think you can kind of have him as your starter for a year or so and still be competitive with that defense and then try to either get a QB in the draft or a free agent QB, do something at that position. So I don't think Jimmy G is worth uh, that money that you're paying him. Yeah, and to your point, I do have two things I want to hit about Garoppolo, but I'll stick with the one that you talked about. You know, where do they, if they are to move on from Garoppolo, where do they go next? So I was looking ahead to the free agent list, the quarterbacks, the free agent pool for this upcoming offseason. And it's not really that deep. I mean, the names that are out there are like Mitch Trubisky, Andy Dalton, Jacoby Brissett, Cam Newton. And I don't see it happening, but Dak Prescott technically could be a free agent if the Cowboys don't give him what he wants. Um, he does have that injury, which would be definitely something of concern. So, you know, a, a short list of that. I mean, if you ask me if I could rather have Garoppolo or Trubitsky, I'm taking Garoppolo. Garoppolo or Andy Dawn, I'd probably take Garoppolo. Garoppolo or Brissett, for me, I, I like Brissett, but I think I'd rather have Garoppolo. The Cam Newton one is intriguing, although as of late, he hasn't been anything special. He hasn't been back to his MVP form. Um, I also don't see Cam Newton with the 49ers. I did see, I believe it was Colin Coward proposed the, you know, the thought of trading for quarterback and trading for Sam Darnold. Um, as you all know, he went to USC, so he'd be back in his home state. So I think that the idea of trading for somebody like a Sam Darnold would be interesting, although they don't have a ton of weapons offensively that are high up there that would be of big trade value. So I think that the trade market could be kind of thin for them. So and I have one more point I want to hit after this, but I want to get your thoughts on say that they want to move on for Garoppolo. Do they look to trade or go to the free agent pool? Or do you think it's more of a, let's see if we can draft our next guy. Well, I think depending how you think of Mullins, I think uh, you, you would, what I would do is stick with him for a year or whatever, and either draft someone and try to develop them or, um, I mean, I, I think it's kind of like what the a situation the Patriots are in. They could have drafted someone. They could have signed someone. They found their guy in Cam Newton. He's, he was good to start the season, not so great lately. Something like that. I don't think – I think it's kind of overrated to have a plan on that. My plan would be to get Dak Prescott if I can. If I'm the 49ers, that would be my big big move. Granted, you never, you never know. The Cowboys might resign him. Who knows what's going to happen? We don't know what his value is after the injury. It would be it would be an interesting move. But if I'm if I'm the 49ers, that would be my if I was a 49ers fan, that would be my big thing. I would really like to see them try to maybe go after Dak Prescott if he's available, and then Sam Darnold would be my second guy. If they have the pieces and the Jets draft a QB or want to move on for him, I would I would rather have Sam Darnold uh, on a on a better contract than Jimmy G. Those would be my two options, but I don't think that you necessarily have to, to go get a guy. I think Mullins is fine, and you, you you would still have a chance at the playoffs with him, and then you could try to draft and develop a guy. Yeah, and the last point I want to make on this whole Jimmy Garoppolo situation is when you are starting quarterback, people like to compare you to the other quarterbacks you know, within your division. So look at the other three guys. Would you rather have him or Russell Wilson? I think everyone's taking Russell Wilson. Would you rather have him or Jared Goff? In my mind, as it stands, I think I would rather have Goff. I mean, I don't know where you stand on the whole, you know, I'm not a Garoppolo huge Goff, Goff guy, but Goff versus Jimmy G, I'd probably slightly take Goff. And then Kyler Murray, you know, someone very, very interesting. But I got to say, I think I'd rather have Kyler Murray than Jimmy Garoppolo at this point as to where they stand. So if, you know, talking about their different situations – 
that means that you and I can basically come to an agreement that Jimmy Garoppolo is the fourth best starting quarterback in their division. And they are in last place with a four and four record. And as we all know, you can't win a division when you have the fourth best starting quarterback. If you look at the, uh, the AFC, you know, the AFC East with um, Baker Mayfield on the Browns, a lot of people think that he may not be, that he may be the fourth best starting quarterback in their division. Their record doesn't show it because Joe Burrow is a rookie, but you know, you go back to the NFC West. I think that Jimmy G arguably is the fourth best starting quarterback within their division. So they got to move on from there. And I do love the idea. If I'm the 49ers for Dak Prescott, if the Cowboys want to move on from him and he's coming off an injury and you know, he really wants to go somewhere. I don't foresee a team offering him the contract that he wants because he's injured. But if you can sign, say that they're able to ink him for like a one year prove it deal kind of situation and he proves it, then he could ink his big deal with the Niners and play long-term there. So before we move on, just your final thoughts, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, will he be a 49er next season? I think he will be a 49er next season. It would be uh, teams when they have a quarterback, even if, he hasn't been great, but he, he's been good. I mean, he got to the Super Bowl, obviously. So that he, that he's shown that he can he can win games um, if he's put in the right position. So I think uh, practically he will be uh, a 49er next year. I think they'll give him that contract. Uh, a lot of things depend on it, but he if you give him a good defense and you give him a running game, an offensive line, he can be effective. Uh, but I don't think he's really carrying a team. And if with all the other teams – that are looking really good with Russ Wilson and the Seahawks who are in that division looking great and uh, a bunch of other contenders uh, emerging. I just don't think Jimmy G's is going to get it done, but I would, I would be surprised if they moved on from him because he did lead them to a Super Bowl, um, and it would just create an uncertainty at quarterback, which a lot of teams don't like to have. Yeah, the uncertainty at quarterback is something that, as a franchise, you never want to have. Um, if they do have the opportunity to get Dak Prescott, I think that things will get really interesting if Dak Prescott becomes available to the 49ers. And I want to stick with the topic of NFC quarterbacks because we're talking Carson Wentz. So despite being on top of the NFC East, quarterback Carson Wentz of the Eagles has drawn loads and loads of criticism from everywhere from the city of Philadelphia itself to nationwide. Everyone's criticizing him for the way that he's played. Despite them being on top of the division, now, granted, it is the NFC East, so it's not exactly the greatest division to claim that you're on top of. So people are talking about whether or not do they bench Carson Wentz for the rookie Jalen Hurts. Before we get into that and talk about whether or not they should, I want to give you guys, as you can tell from this show, I'm a major stats guy. I love looking at the stats and comparing them from previous years. So through eight games last season, 1,800 yards, a little over 1,800 yards, 14 touchdowns, four picks with 129 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown. And this is the big thing right here. Three fumbles, two of them were lost with a 4-4 four and four record. Fast forward a year through eight games this season. He's got a little bit more yards, 1,883 yards, two less touchdowns, 12 touchdowns this year. The big number is here, 12 interceptions already with 202 rushing yards and five rushing touchdowns. Another big number here, seven fumbles, four of them were for loss, and they have a three, four, and one record. So if you compare those stats, he's got more yards this year, right around the same amount of touchdowns, a lot more picks, more rushing yards, a lot more rushing touchdowns, but a lot more fumbles, which has been a huge issue, including two lost fumbles last week. 
And I know that a big discussion also has been, well, you know, the weapons around him and what he's got isn't exactly the greatest. He has been sacked. I believe it's the most like rushed the second most. He's like top two in every bad category when it comes to being sacked and rushed and pressured. They're starting O-line at the beginning of the season supposed to be Jason Peters, who's like ancient and he's in and out with injuries. Brandon Brooks was gone for the year before the season even started. He's the top right guard in the league. And then Lane Johnson has been dealing with a lingering injury as well. So their starting O-line hasn't been there for them. And the weapons, you can argue that he doesn't have many weapons. However, Travis Fulgham, since he's coming to the, you know, the league called up from the practice squad in week four, I believe he's like top three in yards. So you can't complain there. He's Wentz has made Greg Ward something. Hightower has made plays as of late. A small guy like Boston Scott, like Darren Sproles 2.0, has also been showing up. So I think that the big issue here and the big discussion for people, whether or not you bench Carson Wentz, has been the turnovers, which has been 12 interceptions and seven fumbles is clearly a big issue. So, David, I want to bring you in now and get your thoughts on what do the Eagles do to improve Wentz and get him to where they want him to be? And is there a certain point this year, despite them being on top of the division, that they may decide, let's give Jalen Hurts a chance? All right, well, since it's a uh, discussion very close to my heart as an Eagles fan, I've always been a huge Carson Wentz guy. Um, And this season he has completely lost uh, all the faith I had in him. Uh, the last few seasons, uh, and he's kind of, I'm not done with him, but I, I, he's kind of in wait-and-see mode. Um, but to address the point of, are you going to sit Carson Wentz for Hurts? You're not going to sit Carson Wentz and Hurts. It's not going to happen. Eagles fans every week, whenever he makes a bad play, put in Hurts, put in Hurts. It's not going to happen. It's just not. Uh, I don't know exactly why they drafted him. You could argue, oh, they drafted him in the second round. They're going to use him. They're, he's not going to be in for Wentz because unlike uh, Jimmy G, unlike that situation where they can cut him and get um, pretty much all the money back that he's owed. Uh, you can't do that to Carson Wentz. Uh, there's a potential out in, in 2022 um, where you could get out uh, of his contract and have and free up a, a decent amount of money. But for next year, um, he's he has 30, he's it's a 34 million dollar contract and it's pretty much all guaranteed. So you're not going to be able to cut him next year. So you're going to have him on a big contract this year and next year. Um, so you're you're pretty, you're not going to be able to really do anything about him unless someone trades for him, which isn't going to happen. So you're kind of stuck with him. I don't think that's necessarily a terrible thing. I still have more faith in Wentz than most people. Um, he's had, he's had really good years. Obviously that the Super Bowl year before he got injured, he was the front runner for MVP. Um, can he get back to that level? Probably not, but he shows flashes and it, he, he just, He's one of the most confusing quarterbacks to really judge because he shows flashes where he's so good. He gets out of pressure and it, and it makes like a, a great throw across the middle field for like 20 yards. And you're like, how do you do that? And then he makes plays like during the Cowboys game, his first fumble, where I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback make a play like that bad. Like I, I literally inexplicable how he doesn't throw the ball away there where he's outside the pocket. No one's open. A guy's coming right at him. He, he just kind of looks at him and just lets him tackle him. And he doesn't even protect the ball either. And then he fumbles too. So he doesn't throw it away. And then he doesn't even, at the very least, protect the ball. He doesn't even do that. He just lets himself get bulldozed by this guy and drops the ball. Like some of the, the plays he makes are just inexplicable. There's, it seems like every game there's like one or two like short like short throws into the flat to the running back or across the field that he just misses. It's like, like how are you missing it? Like I've seen you make 
like amazing throws. Like he, he made some he made some great throws in the Dallas Dallas game. That Fulgham touchdown was right in the breadbasket. Uh, the other Fulgham touchdown against the 49ers to win the game right in the breadbasket. Like he'll make good throws and then he'll just make terrible throws. He's so hard to judge. But so right now, as as the Eagles sit, you're stuck with him for this year. You're stuck with him for next year. Uh, Hertz is, is isn't going to be the starting quarterback unless he gets injured. Um, and as as a, an Eagles fan, I'm just in wait and see mode. I think he can be good. Um, he obviously he doesn't have a number one receiver. The best receiver he's played with has been Alshon Jeffrey, and now Alshon's out with an injury. And uh, they, he's never really played with a, a, like a great receiver. Um, and we we've seen him throw touchdowns to guys where I was, you know, you're sitting there and he throws a touchdown to, to a guy named Kroom. And everyone in the room, all Eagles fans, didn't even know who he was. It's like, how does that happen? And th- there's been times where they brought in a guy at right tackle, Brett Toff, who I I like, I recognized the name and I couldn't tell where he was from. And everyone in the room is like, who's this guy? Like, on the offensive line and at the skill positions, skill positions, there's been games where he's had people that I've never heard of, and I'm pretty on top of like rosters and who's on the Eagles roster. So he, he's had a shaky O line. Not great receivers. I think I think he can be good. He shows those flashes. He also might just be inaccurate for the rest of his career. But you're, I think you're just in wait and see mode with him, and you and you have to see what he can do, um, and try to just upgrade his weapons a little bit more. Yeah, he's a player that, like you've reiterated, you watch him and you're like, man, that throw was special. The throw, like you said, the the couple of touchdowns of Fogum, the throw to Boston Scott was right in the money. And you're like, yeah, that was great. And you're like, this is it. Like Wentz is the guy. But then you look in, and I found myself when I'm watching with a bunch of people constantly yelling, like, throw the ball away. And instead he takes a sack or he puts it on the ground and fumbles it. Whereas anyone watching is like, please just throw the ball away. And I think it's weird to see him still struggle at this point in his, of his career with the idea of throwing the ball away. Like, it's okay. Like, as a quarterback, there's going to be plays that break down and you seem to throw it away. And teams would much rather have that than take a sack. And the weapons is obviously a great point. You know, you throw in touchdowns of people like Jason Kroom. Everyone in the room has no idea who he is. And less than a, less than a week later, the guy's cut or put on the practice squad. And you're, you're just sitting there wondering who these guys are and wondering, are they heading under the link? And is there like open tryouts for wide receivers and tight ends here? Like, who are these guys that he's throwing to? But we can also look at it and say, like a Travis, like a Fulgham, for instance, absolutely out of nowhere no everyone was like I don't even know who this guy is came in week four and he's since he came into the league in week four he's like top three in yards so clearly and as a wide receiver you're reliant on the quarterback in the ball to you so clearly Wentz is making guys around him play well Boston Scott is a very small player but somehow he plays well when he's out there with Wentz Greg Ward no name Carson Wentz makes him better than he probably is as a real receiver but then you also look at the bad side of it, like the 12 picks and seven fumbles, and you sit there, like those are below average numbers. Those are terrible numbers. I believe his quarterback rating for the year is like below 50. Like I think I was looking at it, it's like a 49.8 or something, just absolutely atrocious. But I think that I, I think the idea of Jalen Hurts coming in for him is a stretch. I don't think that the idea of putting in maybe someone that might be in the free agent pool say that say that you go through the season you're like let's say week 14 or something like that and he's now got more picks than touchdowns and he's put the the ball on the ground double digit times and you're tied or you're one game out for the division like you're just not handling it well could they put in Jalen Hurts yes could they also look 
to maybe like Sudfeld, who's been there for a few years, or someone else. I could see it. I believe that Carson Wentz is going to finish out the season, but you have to sit there and wonder if they're fighting for the division, which, by the way, I think it's a huge disgrace that anyone from the division is going to get a home playoff game, but that's a discussion for another time. If they're close or one game out of the division and Wentz is continuing to perform at the level he's at, that's not where you want him, and he's not performing to his contract. So you're reiterating, and basically, David, you're stating that you think no matter how the season goes, Wentz is a starter, 16 games, they're not putting anyone else in. Yeah, as long as he still stays healthy, I think he's going to be the guy. Um, the I could see putting Hurts in later in the season if they're if they're way behind the division, but wait, they're in first place with a three, four and one record and they're up by like one and a half games. Like they still have a game of cushion with that terrible record. I don't see any team in their division really. I don't see any team in that division going on a run. I think they're all going to be bad. I think I would give the Eagles like an 80% chance to make the playoffs. I think they're the best team in that division. At least they have a a solid defense Um, and they they have some players. uh, They have some skill players, you know, that, uh, aren't terrible. Like you look at like the Redskins, like who do they have? Like McLaurin and then like absolutely nothing. They're trying out like Dontrell Inman as their wide receiver too. So like there's certain things like that where I think the Eagles are just going to be the best team in the division. They're going to win the division with six, seven wins. I think that's what's going to happen. I don't, I really don't think there's much of a chance that any team goes on a run. So I think they're going to be in a position where he's just going to play. And I think, I think that the weapons thing, again, that's, that's something that really the past two to three years have been the point is like, Weapons, weapons, weapons. Carson Wentz has not had the weapons he has. I think that it would be a really scary thought if you were to give Carson Wentz the weapons on offense that the Cowboys have. If you imagine Carson Wentz, he's turning these practice squad players into into like these elite wide receivers or like top wide receivers. Could you imagine if you throw out Carson Wentz and he had Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and C.D. Lamb as his wide receiving core, plus Ezekiel Elliott as his running back? I think that that would be so scary. And it's not a knock on Dak Prescott. I just think that the way that Carson Wentz plays and turns these guys into these top-tier players, if you gave them guys who are already top-tier and proven themselves, it would be an absolute scary thought. And we did see we did see him play a little bit with Alshon, um, not so much this year. Obviously, he hasn't gotten in. But with Alshon, he, he plays well with him, and he's one of those top – he was – not anymore, but Alshon Jeffrey was at one point regarded as one of the, one of probably a top 10 to 15 receiver in the league, like really like one of those top guys. And so I think, and even, even guys, you know, talking about turning weapons into players who are pretty decent, Ertz goes down. Okay. You have Godair or Goddard, or however you want to pronounce it. I say Godair. I'm pretty sure it's Goddard, but I will stick to Godair. He goes down. Richard Rogers, who's been on the IR for the team for like a year and a half and has barely caught a pass in like four years almost had a 90 yard game. Like he's able to take these weapons, which is I think frightening for the league and turn them into the guys that into things that they really aren't. Uh, I think that I really like what I saw last week from Jalen Rager. I think that Wentz to Rager could be something special. If Wentz is able to get the ball to him, I think that Fogum could be a legit threat. So I think that you throw in a receiving core of Fogum, uh, Jalen Rager, and maybe like Greg Ward or something like that. But people got to keep in mind, you got Marquise Goodwin, who is on the team, and he's he still can produce plays when he's got the chance, and he just opted out because of COVID reasons. But back to the initial point of, is Carson Wentz going to be benched this year? I don't think Carson Wentz will be benched this year. I don't think so for Jalen Hurts. We have seen Hurts play for 
you know, a couple plays last week against, I believe it was last week against the Cowboys. He threw his first pass. It was like a five yard pass, but people can make a big deal of it. Like, Oh, they're starting to adjust, you know, Jalen hurts to throwing the ball, which I don't really think is the case. I just think they put him in there to throw the ball to give Carson Wentz a playoff. Um, but I don't see Carson Wentz being benched this year. I do think if somehow, some way he's got more picks than touchdowns and they somehow blow the division, then you really got to sit down and say, what are we doing with this guy? So I'll throw that before we move on to you, David. Say somehow, some way, they have a cold stretch, Cowboys play well, or Redson, one of the other teams plays decent, and they say that it comes down to a playing game, and the Eagles lose, and they come in second in the division. If the Eagles don't win the division this year, given circumstances, do you move on from Wentz next year, despite the fact that he's owed that money? I think he's Wentz has probably showed you enough that you you give him one more year because you do have to opt out the next year where you you would still have some dead money but not nearly as much. Um, I just don't think I just don't think ergonomically you can you can really sit him and just have thirty four million sitting on the bench. I I don't, just don't think you can really do that and sell that to your fan base or sell that to your team even. Um, the whole reason the whole thing about like why they even drafted Hertz is a whole conversation for another day about their their front office. Um, regardless of that, he is there. Um, I think he, my guess is he's just more of a guy there that they can hope to be able to develop and, and someone who can come in and give them a spark. If Wentz does get injured, he could leave them the wins if Wentz is injured and maybe in his third year of his rookie contract can take over for Wentz if he's bad for two, for for this year and next year. But I think he's probably just because of that contract locked in for next year also. Yeah. The, and the sad part is for people who love Carson Wentz is saying if Wentz gets hurt and misses the year is not out of the question. Like we know very well Carson Wentz at some point this year could go down to injury and Hurts could come in and play well. And I think that things do get interesting if Carson Wentz gets injured again and Jalen Hurts leads them to the playoffs, which I don't really think would be leading given the division. But I do think that, you know, the situ- the quarterback situation would get very interesting if Wentz were to go down to injury and Jalen Hurts were to lead them to the division title and even possibly a playoff win, which I don't see that happening with a rookie quarterback. It is what it is. Overall, David doesn't see Wentz getting benched at all this year. I don't see him getting benched at all this year. Could he get hurt this year? Yes, we all know that's a possibility. It's the Eagles. They sit at a 3-4-1 and four, one, three, four, and one record on top of the division. Uh, sad as that is for the NFC East. I do expect as well the Eagles to win that division. So there's that. Carson Wentz, you got you to gotta clean up your act, though. You can't be having the turnovers that you're having. But it's going to be a fun season to watch and see how the NFC East pans out, as embarrassing as a division as it might be. But I do want to move on to talking about the NBA because we have some potential dates and start times for certain points of the NBA season. As we all know, the NBA season went through unprecedented situations due to COVID, closing out their season in early October, which is the same month that they tend to start the season in late October, which really begs the question, what do they do now for this upcoming season? Well, the proposed plan for the NBA season is for them to start December 22nd with a 72-game season. And so that makes people think, well, what about the draft and free agency? The proposed draft date would be November 18th with free agency starting somewhere around November 20th to the 22nd, somewhere in that range. Training camp opening up on December 1st. And like I said, the season starting on just December 22nd. 
However, there are a lot of questions that I think people tend to ask myself included. One of the big ones being the draft and free agency drafting a player November 18th and a month later, he's playing in the NBA season. I'm sure a lot of these guys that the teams are going to draft, however, probably aren't going to be thrown right into the starting lineup, but a month or so to learn the playbook and plays and get incorporated with your new team is so much different than getting drafted in June and playing in late October, which is the normal situation for rookies and even free agency signing with the team. And just a month later, you're already on the court playing with them, barely have that chemistry going. It could be a huge mess for those dates, but they got to do something. It was either going to be starting December 22nd or right around MLK day in January, which either way, I don't think is enough time for the off season, but you could look at it on the flip side of those teams who are not in the NBA bubble have not played since March. So they are probably ready to go and ready to get onto the court and play some NBA basketball. I'm looking specifically at the Golden State Warriors, who a lot of people are expecting to be back on top and competing for the championship. So, David, for you, if you're in the NBA in the front office and you're looking at these dates, you know, if you're in the front office of a team, let's say, you're front office of the Sixers because that's our team that we like to talk about, the draft November 18th, free agency somewhere between November 20th and 22nd, and then the NBA season starting December 22nd, as a, if you're someone in the front office, does that concern you that these guys could either not be ready for the season and get hurt or really not be prepared and chemistry-wise, and we could see a lot of sloppy basketball? Um, it's not a huge concern for me. I mean, it's, it's definitely a little soon. Usually they have a lot more time to get ready. Um, the whole process of uh, – getting uh, the people that you drafted and the free agents in kind of a month before the season starts. Um, it's obviously not ideal, but every team's going to have to adapt to that situation, seeing how much chemistry uh, the the players have with the team. I mean, it could definitely be weird seeing certain teams get off to fast starts because maybe they have more continuity and other teams, you know, maybe, maybe there's a big free agent signing and that team kind of gets off to a really slow start, even though they're, people think they're going to be a favorite just because they don't have the chemistry. It could mess things up. I'm not, I wouldn't be like, I'm not really too concerned. Um, we saw in the bubble, I don't think there was like a huge amount of injuries that happened in the bubble because they haven't been playing for a while. Uh, I think if you get, if you give the players the, the plan um, that they'll, they'll be, everyone will be able to, to make plans in place. Obviously it's going to be like a new thing, but if you put the plans in place to get in shape, to get ready for the season, uh, I mean, every team's going to have the same obstacles. It's still going to be a fair playing field in that in that case. Uh, I th I think this uh, this is this plan will be fine. I mean, as a as a fan of basketball, I'm I'm really hoping like the playing plan gets approved and this will happen. It looks like we're going to just because I just want to see basketball as soon as possible. So that's a little selfish on my part. Um, so obviously, it's going to be there's going to be a learning curve and it's going to be it's going to be different. Uh, but I think that that player that people will be able to figure it out and you've seen some players say like i'm not going to play that early i'm not going to do this do that if it gets approved i think you, all the players are going to play i don't really think anyone's going to sit out maybe we see some more load management stuff uh, like we, we we have uh maybe some people like lebron or something load manage and that's a big thing i don't know but i i think i think every, everything will, will be okay i don't think injuries are a problem um i i think everything's going to be fine and i think all the players are going to play just like in the bubble when it seemed like they might take a break or suspend the season because of all the, the, the things going on in our country. Once 
once they got the, the majority decided they were going to play the season, everyone played. So I think if you give them the plans like this, uh, everyone will be ready. And while it may be a little bit of a learning curve, I think I think the league will be in a fine spot. And they kind of have to, to – I think the league really just wants to start early because they lost so much money. They lost like 10% of their revenue from, from uh, last year's season. Uh, so it's, I think it's also just kind of a good thing for the league to get started early, have almost the full season uh, and get the revenue back on track. Yeah, as a big NBA fan myself, I definitely want to be able to watch basketball on Christmas like we tend to do. Uh, it would definitely be a unique year to not have that Christmas Day basketball sitting down from Christmas with your when you're with family or friends or whatever from like noon to like nearly midnight just watching basketball. It's great. So I think fans will be happy for that. Um, like you said, there were rumors of the like big name players. I'm talking like LeBron, maybe like a Lillard, possibly a Jimmy Butler saying, you know, we want more off season, so we'll sit out for the first month or so. I think that when it comes down to it, that those are guys that aren't going to let their team down. They're not going to want to say, eh, sorry, guys, like I'm too good. Like I need more rest. I think that if the season starts, they're going to come in and say, I'm ready to play. I'm ready to go. I do think that there will be some rust, maybe some tiredness still, for instance, early on in the season, you see like a Lakers-Warriors matchup. Well, the Lakers were playing basketball through October. Warriors haven't played an NBA game since March. So obviously I think that in terms of the rest there and the readiness to go, I think a team like the Warriors will be ramped up and ready to go, whereas like the Celtics or the Heat or the Lakers or the Nuggets may be kind of in that zone where they're still kind of getting out of that offseason mindset and really wanting to focus on getting like we got to push and start getting back to the finals. I do think an interesting point here is I believe that in my opinion, the NBA wants to get back to what their normal schedule was. And like I said, the normal, the normal NBA season is 82 games. This proposed here is a 72 game season. And I think that the ultimate goal here is to start in December and finish hopefully around June ish. Like they tend to do. So that way in 2021, the season can start in October and they can get back to their normal schedule. Um, so if you're, if you're a rookie, say that you were to, let's talk about the draft. So the draft date is supposed to be November 18th. If you're a rookie getting drafted, don't you think that'd be a little intimidating to say that, you know, rookies are tended to drafted late June and play an NBA in late October, early November as their first game. That's a huge chunk of time. If you're a rookie, wouldn't you be a little bit concerned getting drafted to a team and a month later, they're like, get on the court, this is the NBA game, let's go, like with only a month, not, not, not just a month of rest, but a month of drafted, moved into the city, met the team officials, met the team, and built the chemistry on a court. And the, with training camp opening up December 1st, that's 21, 22 days that you have with your team with no summer league to go from college basketball, which was canceled in March, to the NBA. So if you're a rookie, that's got to be intimidating. Yeah, I think rookies are definitely who it affects the most. Uh, I, I agree with everything you said. It would definitely that it would definitely take a toll on rookies. Uh, I mean, I think I think that's just what teams are gonna have to deal with. I think that's just gonna be the way it is. Uh, that you're probably gonna see a lot of rookies. They're not gonna get. They're not gonna be in you know, games as soon as they uh, might have been before. It might be you know a month or two in before they're actually playing. Uh, the full amount of minutes that, that, that they might have played if they had five, six months to actually like learn learn the playbook, uh, build team chemistry, stuff like that. So that's definitely who it affects the most, but every team's going to have to just go into the season that knowing uh, knowing that, uh, and it's, it's just going to have to change. Maybe 
they just don't they just don't get in games as quickly they don't play as much minutes and it's just gonna be a, a learning curve for them but that, that's definitely what affects most yeah no doubt and it would be i if, if i'm a rookie that's that's a tall task to ask a rookie to do in the NBA. But I also think at the same time, it's a great opportunity for rookies to prove to themselves that I only had a month and I can already make an impact in the league. My last little point here that I want to get your opinion on is looking ahead in the season as a whole, let's say if they start December and they finish sometime in early to mid June. So that way they can get back on track with their normal season pre COVID. Do you think that in the long term, starting here, starting in December and finishing in June, that a team like the Lakers or the Heat, who played basketball more recently in October, you think that it more benefits them? Or you think this start is going to more benefit a team like the Warriors, who haven't played in so long, so you may think they're rusty, but their players have had so much time to rest up on those injuries. Who do you think that this starting date favors more in terms of this upcoming season? I think it, I think it definitely benefits the teams that have been – like the Warriors would be like number one because they're they're supposed to be a contender again this year, getting Clay and step back from injury, and they've had all this time to rest. I think that they would actually have an advantage. Uh, so you could definitely see a team like the Lakers or the Heat getting off to a slow start. Um, so it could be tough for them. I mean, personally, two months. I know that's not a ton of time, but I I think they'll be mostly recovered by that time. People on the Lakers and Heat. I think that that's that's enough time. Uh, to get back uh, to play and to play almost as well as you could have before. Obviously, like we saw, like when LeBron didn't make the playoffs, uh, especially with the Lakers, people are like, oh, he's going to get like more time to rest and it should benefit him. So I'm not saying that, you know, having like a lot of time to rest is, is not beneficial, but I think that that two months will be enough. I feel like the only player who really has like the biggest reason to complain might be like Jimmy Butler just because he was playing like 47 minutes a game in yeah, the finals. No doubt. And like could barely walk after every game because he was carrying such a heavy load. So it might be a little rough for him, but I, I think most people will be able to get back on track. Yeah. And I think that as normal human beings, you, you'd be sitting here like friends for like me, if I had like two months off of work, I'd be like, that's so much time to rest and do whatever. Like that's two months, but you, you try playing in the NBA and playing the NBA season Two months is going to fly by, and that's really might not be enough rest for some of the older guys. Now, LeBron, people tend to say he's built different. I still think that everyone needs their rest. I don't know if two months will do it for him. But, again, that's all the rumors of him sitting out and, you know, wanting to get more time with his family, which, I mean, that's reasonable. And you, you were in the bubble for a few months, and you travel a lot during the season. So that's reasonable. I understand the argument. The NBA season coming up December 22nd is the – proposed start i thought they were going to take a vote today i was hoping to get the news on that but i didn't see any results the draft date set for november 18th in their proposed plan which is i believe it's 13 days away so you know it's it's creeping up on us and it's coming in quickly usually around the nba draft i'm looking at mock drafts and trying to see who's going to pick who where there only be be any draft night trades and here i am sent 13 days out and it's completely blowing past my mind that that's going to happen but the NBA season is something to keep an eye out on. December 22nd, pre-Christmas, I think the fans are going to love it. And I even saw rumors that they may let fans back into the stadium at a 25 to 50% capacity, depending on which state they play where. Um, before I move on to my final bets for the weekend, David, last thought on you on this. Do you think that the NBA, if COVID is still a threat to the country, at the time of next NBA Finals, 
do you see them going back to the idea of a bubble or do you think they're really going to want to keep teams on their home courts with fans? I, I think if it's safe to do so, they'll go back to everyone being in their own stadiums. I don't think they'll do another bubble again unless they, are, they have to. Even though it was a massive success, um, I think if you play a whole regular season with fans, with 25% fans in the stadium, and you, you can get through the season without with minimal concern, um, that, that you'll keep it that way for the playoffs. Yeah, it's definitely something to keep an eye out on. Um, everyone should stay safe with COVID. I would love to go to the game, but at the same time, you got to be cautious of what you're doing, how you go into the games. So for you guys listening, proposed final proposal for the NBA would be season December 22nd start, NBA draft November 18th, free agency sometime in late November 20 to the 22nd, and training camp starting on December 1st. I can't wait. Being a huge NBA fan, I can't wait for basketball to get back. So before we close the show, like we did last week, David, I'll round out my three bets for the weekend for the NFL games. Give me quick thoughts on each one. My first one is for the Raiders are one and a half point favorites over the chargers. I think that they'll win. I think that they'll get, they'll cover that. And I think they'll win by more than two points. Yeah. I think that's, that's pretty much the toss up, I think, but with the way the chargers have been blowing games lately, I think that uh, that's a fine bet. My second one being, I think that this is one of the more intriguing matchups of the weekend. Dolphins Cardinals to a Kyler Murray matchup. They're giving the, the Cardinals are favored by three and a half. I think the Dolphins will cover that because Again, this could have just been Tua, you know, was in his element last week, so he played really well. Um, their, their Cardinals are favored to win by three and a half. Dolphins, obviously, are dogs at three and a half. I think that they'll cover that. What do you think? I, I think the Tua and Kyler Murray matchup is going to be an interesting, fun one to watch. Yeah, definitely interesting one to watch. I think that's that's also going to be very close, kind of a toss-up. Uh, we, we saw the Dolphins play really well last week and kill the Rams, um, but at the same time, now they're away. At Arizona, off of, Arizona's calling off a bye, so I think that's it's kind of up. That's kind of a toss up. And this final one, I could get pushed back from you. I might get pushed back from other people. The Jets, seven and a half dogs against the Patriots. Patriots have not been playing well as of late. There's something about the Jets, and I think that they may not win a game this year. Um, they're absolutely terrible, but. I kind of like them to cover the seven and a half against the Patriots just because the Patriots defense isn't that great with a lot of those guys opting out. So I have the Jets to cover seven and a half against the Patriots. What are your thoughts on that? I don't think I could ever make a bet on the Jets and feel good about it, but New England has been playing great seven and a half. Uh, Jets kept it close against the Bills recently, so good happen. All right. So those are my three bets of the week. Um, those are And those lines are given to you again Thursday, November 5th. Lines tend to change. Thursday, November 5th, I get those through FanDuel for those of you who are going to be betting on the games this weekend. Uh, bet responsibly, of course. And I want to thank you guys for joining David and I for another episode of the Bushy Baller Brand Podcast. Wherever you could be listening to it, Spotify or iHeartRadio, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. We're going to do our best to push this out weekly, recording on Thursday. We would like to release it midnight Fridays. So stay tuned for more episodes to come out weekly. Thank you again for giving a listen. For David Shame, I am Bushy White, and we'll see you next time. Hey, hey.